Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I am your host, Michael Branvold, and I want to make a little bit of an announcement and welcome my new permanent co-host, Jay Gilbert. Thank you, Michael. Jay, it's great to have you back, and it's great that that you're going to join me every week. Um, I mean, Jay and I have known each other for years. I, you know, we're we're both big Kiss fans. We're both big Cheap Trick fans. We love pop rock. Um, you know, we're we're both Apple geeks. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, we're both work in the music industry. So there's so much in common here, and um, the chats I've had with you over the last three or two or three episodes that you've joined me on have just been really awesome, just super comfortable chats. And yeah, it's going to be great to just have you join every week. And, you know, we're going to chat up. You're down in LA. I'm up in San Francisco. Um, You come from a, a you've, you've worked major labels many, many years. So you bring that sort of insight in. And um, I think it's going to be really cool and exciting. I do too. I've always enjoyed our chats. Um, There's, it's rare when you meet someone who kind of digs into uh, behind the curtain, you know, uh, with a lot of this stuff, whether it's record labels, whether it's touring, whether it's bands, management, distribution, all those things. And I think uh, there's a lot of areas that we can talk about. And I think that we both, you know, our circles kind of overlap in some uh, areas, but I think our expertise is, is different enough and we could contrast each other. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. So, um, by all means, bef- before I forget, um, Jay's got his own company, Label Logic. So, by all means, check them out. You'll yeah. you'll you'll see all the information in the uh, podcast notes and and his little tweet Twitter ID handles on the screen. Um, but this week, um, we've been having sort of offline conversations about a, about an interesting topic: playlists. And playlists in streaming music, like a Spotify playlist or an Apple Music playlist or, or, or just playlists. And, and the discussion's sort of been, you know, how, how do you get, how to use playlists? What to do with playlists? You know, and, and quite honestly, I think my honest experience with most clients is most clients seem to ignore playlists completely. From a marketing standpoint, um, they might have yeah. personal playlists, which is kind of ironic when you think about it. Personally, they use them a lot, but they don't think about how can you use a playlist to market and connect with an audience. Right, right. And there are many ways you can do that, and it's not uh, such a mystery. Um, for example, with with Spotify, let's just take Spotify, for example, there are a few artists that I work with who are really doing a great job. Um, but you have to kind of look at the facts. They're all kind of ingredients in the same cake. It, you, there's certain things that you can do that'll help you. For example, a lot of artists are doing artist playlists where they, you know, what am I listening to right now sort of thing. And fans love that, you know. Uh, and, and, and I think before we get too far down, sure. I sort of see it as there's two types of playlists. There are the playlists that are kind of the the unofficial playlists on a streaming service. Those are the playlists you and I create, an artist creates, and then there's the streaming service's own official curated playlists. That's right. I would almost go there's 
I would almost broaden that to, you know, there's the user generated, you know, playlist. Um, there is the uh, DSP, digital service provider, like a Spotify or an Apple Music, their created or curated uh, playlists. You know, and then there's all these little ones that people put together for their for their morning drive or you know these smaller kind of uh, playlists. And some of, as you know, some of these playlists that are user generated are not you know a couple hundred followers. Some of them have in the millions yep. of followers. And then some of the playlists that Spotify will curate. And it's it's a little early on Apple Music, so let's look at Spotify since they're the biggest dog. Um, you know, some of those have millions of users and are very influential. And I think that's the thing that we, we should talk a little bit about uh, also is how influential these playlists are because I can tell you, at least with one of my clients, once they got into one of these playlists, their streams quadruple like overnight. Um, and it's also the placement in that playlist. Well, I was, I was going to ask you, you know, <clears throat> As a user, I follow, especially on Spotify, many playlists, a lot of user, actually almost 99% user-generated playlists versus Spotify's own playlist because we've talked about this before. I prefer the curation to come from somebody real, not the company, because I always have a sort of level, an immediate skepticism Right. Brought to you by Walmart. Exactly. <laughs> is behind is Walmart behind the scenes inserting a song into that playlist? Less likely to happen with a user-generated one. But some of these user-generated playlists are not 12 songs, are not five songs. They're hundreds of songs, and every week two or three new songs get added. Right. What is the importance of... Your song, by default, when you add something, it goes to the bottom of the playlist. You can manually drag it to a different position. How important is that? Yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, we this this last week, um, we have uh, an artist that that I'm working with called um, Cecile McLaurin Silvant, and she's this wonderful uh, jazz vocalist. She was placed in the pole position number one in Apple Music's. A list uh, playlist. Hey, that rhymes. And it'll be interesting to kind of measure the effect on that. But I can tell you right now, just from the Spotify side, if you're in that first 10 to 20, uh, it seems to be a much bigger deal. It's kind of like the above the fold kind of thing because if you're listening like on your end, way to work, the old end cap in a store versus buried in yeah. the back. You know, it's that 80 20 rule. And if you're listening to a playlist, you have lots of different playlists, typically, I would imagine. And if you listen to the first 20, maybe that's enough for jazz for that day, and you're going to pop over to another genre or another playlist. So you make a very good point. Some of these playlists have hundreds of songs in there, and I think that the placement is absolutely key. Yeah. And, and how do you approach the two different playlists how do you get yourself added to these playlists so so yeah. we'll, we'll talk a little bit in yeah. a few minutes about creating your own artist generated playlist because i think there's great value there mm -hmm. but you know you there's there's a great indie rock playlist somewhere out there how do you go about getting yourself added to a playlist it's it's pretty simple 
um, at a high level. Now, it gets a little more complicated, so let me back up to the beginning. If you meet with Apple Music and you meet with, say, Spotify or, you know, any of the others, I don't want to leave out, you know, Slacker and Deezer and all these others, but just for the sake of... Uh, Ease of discussion. The, yeah, exactly. Let, let me show you what they've told me, and I, I've met directly with them. So let's start with Spotify. Think about what Spotify needs. Spotify needs um, more subscribers, um, and that's, that's kind of their main metric. They want more paid subscribers. So they want these playlists to be compelling. Um, they want to draw people into them. So when you go to them, I've always found in business the best thing to do when you go to a meeting with someone is to listen first. And when you listen to Spotify, they'll tell you they want you to drive traffic. So once you create a playlist or you want to be on a playlist, what are you going to do? So driving traffic, what does that mean? Well, you can, what are your socials? What's that footprint? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is. What is your footprint and can you drive traffic from that footprint to Spotify? Okay, that's, that's a great start. Number two, um, what about information? Um, is your artist on tour? W what are the tour dates? What special events are coming up that are press worthy? Are they playing you know, a late night TV show, or are they playing a festival, you know, the drill. I mean, what, what compelling thing is going on? So tour dates, PR kind of hits. And then the other things are, what, what are you doing with advertising? Are you doing print? Are you doing outdoor? Are you doing online? Even if you have a small budget, you can do... You, you, can, do know, on, you can do online Facebook ads. Exactly, exactly. You can do... And even things like, you know, SEO, SEM, you know, using uh, Google, you know, AdWords, there's some things that you can do that are very inexpensive, but, and, and even from your website, but drive traffic to them, show them that you're working to drive that traffic. And the other thing is, you know, when, if it's your playlist, you know, keep it fresh, you know, you don't want to. Like let, let's go to say an artist playlist, which I've heard are only five to ten percent of the streams. They still want them because they're meaningful and they're press worthy. But you know, you're an artist. People want to hear what you're into. You can't just put a playlist of your songs. Typically, what they ask you to do is to put in maybe a few of your songs, and then more like you know, like you and I've talked about before, like Bob Dylan or Tom Petty, you know, doing his radio show or Steve Jones, you don't just play your own music, you put in what you think is exciting and new and you use that kind of creation or curation. So I guess in a nutshell, what can you do for Spotify? It's not a matter of you just going to them saying, hey, put me in your top playlist. Everybody wants that. What can you do to help them? And if you help them to build their business, they'll be more apt to help you get uh, exposure for your artists. So, so let, me, let me ask blatantly here, what's the reality of a small, unsigned indie artist getting a track placed into a playlist if they're not going to be on any major tours, they don't have big bucks <clears throat> behind them, they don't have huge amounts of web traffic? They've got a great song, killer song, but... Is that enough? I think it's part. It's that it comes back to that 
you know, ingredients thing again, analogy. I, I think for a new developing artist, I think you have to go a step further. And here's where it gets a little challenging and there's some work involved. But my, my gut tells me that a lot of these playlists, especially on Spotify, are user-generated. These users are just like you. They're just like me. They're fans of the music who started early on making playlists. And some of these playlists have become very popular. So let's pick your genre. You're a rock band, brand new. You're building your social footprint. You're trying to do all the right things. Well, the other area I think that's kind of the little secret with some of these streaming services is these playlists are created by people like you and me. I think you can find some success, and I've seen this happen, where you reach out directly, you, you direct message, you track down those people who have these larger, let's say, rock uh, playlists, and you say, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm Michael, I'm in this band, here's, here's what I'm doing, you know, here's, here's my footprint, here's the song, I think you'll dig it, you know, it, it can make it on its own merit, but I think going after those owners of those playlists is really key, and I think those successful kind of DIY artists are doing that and finding some success. Does, does, does Spotify pay attention to um, what is happening in user-generated playlists around, around your artists? So would they notice if all of a sudden, wow, you're getting, you're getting a couple hundred thousand streams in some fans' playlist, there's... Does that trickle into their radar? Will they go, yeah. wow, there's something happening over here. Who is that artist? Yeah, it's just like radio. And I've heard this from people at Spotify and, and other DSPs that that's exactly what it is. When they see something reacting, it does two things. It, it not only gets you into other playlists, so now it's kind of the self-fulfilling prophecy, but it also gets you better placement because they want that better more reactive song, album, higher in their playlists. And then it's kind of a snowball effect. So it seems to me that the, the, the better um, plan would be not to just right out of the box try and get a meeting with Spotify. Because the reality is it's probably yeah. not going to happen unless As you've a, got yeah. unless you've got a, a decent label and or manager or somebody with inside relationships. You're not getting to sit down with with a streaming service. No, but you could go to, you know, a middleman, somebody like the Orchard, for example. You know, those guys are great. You know, go to oh, yeah, the Orchard. If, if you've got if can... you've got somebody who is who is working your, your digital release working yeah. it to iTunes and working it to all of those, that should be a question you should sit down and ask them is, besides just releasing for sale, what can you do to get me inserted into playlists? Exactly. And, and I, I can tell you, I've worked with The Orchard, and they're very diligent. And what they do is they have a process where you let them know on your weekly calls if you're the label distributor that you're talking to, and you typically have you know a, a rep or reps that you meet with uh, regularly, usually weekly, and you can say to them, okay, here, here are you know, the tracks that I want in these playlists, and they will make that formal pitch to uh, the, the Spotify's of the world. The thing you have to keep in mind, I think, though, and makes it challenging, is that these decisions are made typically by an editorial team, and that editorial team, man, they, they keep them behind a wall, and they, 
for obvious yeah. reasons. They they don't want you to get directly. You're not going to get directly to them. Right. And 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 keep in mind, like any editorial team, even somebody who's going to review yeah. your release to put post on a website, they're getting inundated with hundreds and hundreds of requests, if not thousands, if sure. not thousands. So again, <clears throat> it seems like the better the better way is is. And this seems like the way it always is in music. Grassroots. Start from the bottom and work your way. You know, make make yourself heard. Get get Great. out there and contact. Find find the user generated playlist. So, if you're not familiar with spots, we're again we're just using Spotify. How do you find these playlists? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess you know what you head go to the search bar is what you do. Yeah. And I would say here's a couple different techniques. You could start searching for your genre's description. Um, you could also, and this is a technique I use in Twitter for a different marketing objective, but um, what's an artist that you think fans of that band would like your music? Not who you like, but bands that have fans that should like you. Exactly. And type in that artist's name. Type in that artist's name playlist. Sure. And you'll get users who have created all sorts of playlists around these artists. I've created right. my own Cheap Trick playlist, my own Kiss playlist. If somebody wanted to say, hey, we sound a lot like Cheap Trick, my playlist could show up in a search result. Yeah. Now, you've narrowed down your target audience to, hey, I know this person at least likes Cheap Trick. And if you're being honest about yourself saying we do sound similar or they should like us, <clears throat> now you reach out, follow that guy's playlist or woman's playlist, follow that person's playlist, and interact with them now. Yeah. Send them a yeah. message on, on Spotify and just right. say, hey, introduce yourself, you know, don't be, try not to be the freaking hard sell. I mean, that just. Nobody you, likes that. No, nobody likes that. Um, depending on on how popular this playlist is, this person might be actually completely flattered that somebody reached out and said, I'd like you to listen to my music and maybe put it in your playlist. It kind of makes them feel important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a really good tact. And, and just to, to add on to that, when you go to look at these playlists on Spotify and you narrow those down, you can just look at the, the intro box to each one of those and it'll tell you how many followers that that particular playlist has, how many people you know, who are you know, following it, listening to it. And you can kind of go from there. I don't think it's necessarily always about the numbers because as you and I have discussed, <clears throat> some of these playlists may have hundreds and hundreds of tracks in there and it may be hard to kind of rise above that noise but there may be some specialized playlists that have less uh less followers but also a lot less competition so to speak right. a lot less tracks in there where you might be more apt to be in the first 20 or 30 well and and, and i think that's one thing you should look at is is spotify will tell you how how long ago the tracks were added into the playlist. So that sort of tells you how active is this playlist. If yeah. this yeah. playlist hasn't had anything added in over a year, you might want to sit here and go, 
it's kind of a dead playlist. Yeah. Versus one that you can sit here and go, wow, there's something added every two days. This 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 is active. Yeah. Um, but then when you when you've reached out, don't make all of your demands immediately in the first message. I mean, again, it's sort of an introduction. Hi, nice to meet you. If things go well, a subsequent message down the way could be, great, you're going to add me in. Could I make a request? Could you move my track up into the top 10 position? Somewhere in the top 10. Um, and, and you might even sit here and say, you don't have to keep it there forever. If you could keep it there for the next two weeks, that would be great. Yeah. See how it reacts. You know, see see how they respond to that. Because you at that point in time, you do have to ask for what you think is going to be the most beneficial for you. Yeah. But But once they do that, just like what Spotify is going to expect from you, it will go a long way for you to promote the hell out of this playlist. Right. To share it, to send your fans to it. If if you get added to that and within the next 24 hours this guy sees 50 new followers, he's probably going to love you. Yeah. And if you come back six weeks from now and say, could you now add another track? He's going, yeah, of course. Yeah. I loved what you did last time. You supported me. You're going to do it again. So this is definitely a give and take relationship. This is not just about you coming in saying, I'm the great, mighty, all-sounding, awesome rock star. Take my song and then disappear. Don't yeah, and you do can, that. Exactly. And you can build on that. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is if you're doing exactly what you described, then you can also kind of concurrently go to the Spotify curated. You're talking about user curated. Right. These are the user ones. And then you go to you can share that information. Look, I'm on these user curated playlists, Spotify. I'm getting this kind of reaction. My spins went from 50 a week to 500 a week. And keep They're, track of that data because that's very important. Th this is what you're going to use to sell yourself, whether it is to the cure the official curated playlist or trying to move up the ladder to the next bigger user generated playlist. You want to be able to go in there with some ammunition to say, hey. I put this song in here, and, and my spins went from 1,000 to 10,000 in 24 hours. Yeah, and I would be really excited if I was a curator of a playlist, and I was adding things, and I saw that somebody was supporting me. Just like we talked about with Spotify-created uh, cre playlists, same goes with these user-generated. There's no reason why you shouldn't promote, hey, this, this playlist is is playing my track and put that out there on your website and on your blog and on socials and that sort of thing and and help promote that playlist that's helping you um, I think that would go a long way with them as well and I think it's really important to keep in mind because there's all there's this constant ongoing chatter about well you don't make any money off of streaming anyway <clears throat> and I can already hear some potential clients going well if I don't make any money off of it screw it I'm not going to I'm not going that. I'm not going to do yeah. that. I'm not going to put the time into it. There's other value besides pennies in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, there's exposure, especially if you are not the superstar act who's got the label behind you. You're looking for exposure wherever you can get it. And getting into these playlists might get you shared around into a whole new community. And you can get 
some great benefit from that. So- Absolutely. And people forget that, you know, it's think of it in terms of not downloads, but more like radio. Um, it's, it's more people who are going to dig your music. Well, first they'll be exposed to it. Then hopefully they'll start digging your music. And it can mean everything from more downloads, even though that's a declining market. It's still a viable one. It can mean more physical goods. It can mean more direct-to-consumer, meaning you sell your music uh, from your website. It can be more venue sales when you're playing live dates. It can mean more butts in the seats when you're playing those live gigs. It's also exposure for music supervisors who are looking for uh, things to put in TV commercials, movies, those sorts of things. I don't subscribe to the belief that streaming is this this evil because you're making, you know, fractions of a it's penny. It's a very narrow-minded vision. If all I agree. Lo- if all you're looking at is the 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 dollars on a check, you're missing everything else. I mean, I I've I've told this story before a couple years ago. Um, listen, I'm I'm a Southern rock fan, and a couple years ago, the Outlaws <clears throat> released a new album. You know, these guys have been around forever and basically have just been doing the circuit. Well, they released new music. I gave it a listen just because it came across. I don't know how it came across my screen on Spotify, but there it was. And I'm like, oh, let me listen to it. I was blown away. Did I go buy the album? No, but what I immediately did was, well, what are these guys up to now? Hey, they're going to be in town in two weeks. I went and bought a concert ticket, and at the show I bought a T-shirt. So because I spun them on Spotify, I spent $100 that I can guarantee you of that $100, a lot more of it went into their pocket than buying an album would have done and clearly the stream from Spotify. So they won. And you may have probably posted on Facebook. Exactly. You're like, hey, Jay, I went to see this this show. And it's like, uh, and then it shows up on my feed. And then... Those are things that we couldn't do before. So I, I'm with you. I, I don't think streaming is, is the evil that, it is, that people you know, claim that it is. Look, digital downloads are, are declining. And you know, we can talk certainly about the financials and maybe shine a spotlight there. But I think that we're in a time now where artists have so many more avenues to get their message out than, than ever before. But that's also the problem. It's how do you rise above the clutter? And I think that's why uh, you and I uh, take on clients is to kind of help them rise above the clutter. And when it comes to Spotify, there are certainly ways you can do that. Uh, but to your point, you know, just because there's, uh, you're not making the same amount of money you would be with a, a download you know, it's, it's a totally different business. When I buy a download, I, I buy it. There's one payment. It's split 70-30, end of transaction. A stream can make money every single day over yep. and over and over again. And, you know, I compare it more with, uh, you know, radio um, for discovery. And you also kind of have to compare it to other things like, you know, YouTube, for example, where, you know, YouTube's the number one streaming service. You know, that's where more people are listening to music than anywhere else. And then, you know, we can get in later. We can talk uh, about some of these things like, you know, the Pandoras and iHeartRadios and Last FMs of the world. 
you know, there are a lot of great places that a new artist or a developing artist can get their music across. But I think it's a mistake to get bogged down in, well, this is eight tenths of a cent per yeah. stream, or this yeah. is, I think you're short sighted. Yep. You know, and I think before we wrap up, I want to just make a, a real quick mention and a little discussion here of definitely create your own artist playlist. You mentioned that briefly, but, you know, go out there and create the playlist of what you are listening to. What did you, and, and think of playlists in themes. Here's a playlist of what we listened to in the studio while we recorded our new album. Sure. Um, here's a playlist. Here's a playlist of influencers. Here's a playlist of my, the latest stuff I've purchased. Here's um, yeah, themes. And 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 you mentioned this. You don't make a playlist that's just of your music. I I mean, quite frankly, your Spotify channel is that itself. So you don't need a playlist. Somebody wants to follow you, they're going to follow you. Yeah. Um, but what you can do, and I'm not opposed to this, is you can mix in a little bit of your own music into some of these. So if you created a, a playlist of some great new music I'm listening to this month, and it's got 12 songs in it, maybe one of them is your new single. That's fine. Yeah. It better not be your entire album thrown in there because your fans are going to not care about that. And and anybody else who's looking to share that is just going to go, well, that's just a, a self-promotional yeah. sales piece. That's not It won't cool. have any shelf life. It's yeah, not going to exactly. be streamed over and over. So yeah, agreed. definitely create your own artist playlist. And, you know, this is something you can be doing all the time. I mean, I, I, I try and keep a playlist going every year of um, potential top albums of the year. So when I listen to something I like, I throw it in this playlist. And at the end of the year, right, there might be 20 albums in there. Now let me whittle that down to the 10 that I really like. Now guess what? You got your artist's top 10 albums that were released this year. I mean, that's that's cool things that fans like to connect to because they want to know do. what you're, sure. you're listening to. I want to know what my favorite lead singer's into because, wow, that really opens my eyes up right. to new music. Yeah, discovery, absolutely. And, and, and it doesn't have to always be new music. Again, you mentioned influencers. Maybe it's a bunch of bands from the 60s. Yeah, maybe it's like if you like Cheap Trick, maybe you haven't heard The Move. And yeah. that's kind of a big influence on Rick Nielsen and... Man, you know, you put that in that playlist, what, what influences, you know, what came before, that's, that's what this curation and this recommendation is all about. And, and, and the last thing, at least on Spotify, is maybe create a collaborative playlist and let your fans add to it. So, you know, call it our fans' favorite tracks and ask your fans to add their songs into this. You know, it's going to probably have a great mixture of good bad and ugly in there and it could but they're talking about but, it but but they're involved you know? in it and yeah. you know you know when you got that collaborative stuff fans like that because to them that means wow you're gonna take a look and maybe listen to the songs i like yeah um there's a lot of interesting things you can do with playlists even if you can't get into the the official curated playlists yeah agreed so, you know, here's what I would ask is, is anybody out there, if you've got your own playlist, if you created your own user-generated playlist, 
of of whatever. Share it with us in comments. I want to see what kind of playlists you guys are are creating, whether it's influencers or, or how you are using playlists to promote your music into your your the world of your fans. Because I, I I know both of us love checking out playlists. Absolutely, especially if it's music we're we're into. But don't be yeah. afraid if it's not if it's not music we like, still share it. I still want to see how you're do how you're using it, what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Until next week, Jay and I will be back. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks, Michael.